Can you hear me? Got it. Good. I can hear you. Perfect. One another. I like that we can hear one another. Yes, absolutely. How are you today, brother? Yeah, good. That's good. Beautiful day. I, I couldn't stop walking. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> Man, I tell everybody, I, I do interviews myself and occasionally I'm a little bit late to them and they ask, you know, say, is everything okay or whatnot? And I tell them, you know, look, man, I was actually enjoying the moment and I needed a few more moments to be done with enjoying the moment. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, got to enjoy the moment. Um, and uh, I, I got the sense that you had a degree of flexibility. Absolutely. <laughs> six Very children. Fun. Six you children. I have six children. So. Children. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there, there's a, a woman, she has to be late 80s, it was, has this little magical garden just around the corner. And it was just when I was closing in, thinking I was going to be more or less on time for our second change. Yeah. Um, she, I, I said to her, I said, I've been walking by and I've been admiring your lovely little garden. Absolutely. The way you colored the stones and it's beautiful. Yeah. And so, of course, she invited me in and had mm -hmm. to show me a bunch of things. and. Yeah spectacularly interesting you know wild character she's written a whole book and on the subject of uh she's written these historical westerns oh, as it turns out and we're shooting a western here in montana at the moment right so it was uh, I, I had to be in that moment yeah absolutely absolutely told her, i gotta go i got a guy waiting I on me <laughs> no no well, when you come back won't you come back because yeah. I think we have to continue to speak uh, I get it. I, I absolutely. And you know, life is about moments, right? It's about yeah. moments. So if you don't enjoy those moments, then you're wasting your life. So, uh, and, and I'm thankful that you took the time out to, to, to make some moments for me in your life, man. I really appreciate that. I'm so absorbed with, uh, with who you are, man. Now I've watched you throughout my life. I've, I'm a child of Terminator and, uh, and, uh, so on and so forth, you know, all the greats, the rock. Um, I loved your part in that even, few minutes briefly you still are amazing you captivate it and you capture it and uh so when i got to start learning you and i stumbled upon your background and things like this and the sculpting the painting the things like this and i was like you know what this is a guy who is a a magnificent work of art and i said i've gotta i've gotta soak that up because like you was just talking about with the lady in the garden you you just you're in that moment and uh, wow thank you i mean because she was a very old lady now people get it wrong i'm a married man the lady in the garden was it was very interesting <laughs> let us clarify she was an elderly 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 <laughs> lady yes exactly oh she um, had her scarf tucked in and her belt from her sort of raincoat around mm -hmm. her scarf and yeah. over her head and she really did look like a character from the 1800s i was gonna say right out um, of a movie somewhere yeah yeah exactly all right, so okay, well, uh, let us get started. Um, I basically kind of already just talking to you about how it's going to go throughout all this. Um, yeah, real I quick. thought we were already doing it. Yeah, <laughs> normally I kind of do like a hey, you're welcome to FCR 247, okay. but you know what? We'll I'll I'll record that. Well, you do the... what you got to do, man. Do your but thing. I, you know, I just like the vibe. I'd rather, I'd rather stay with the vibe, man. I, you know, I, I was sitting there the other day and I was trying to convince my wife, like, look. You got to watch this documentary with me. You got to watch this. Xander told me to watch this documentary. I got to watch this documentary. You need to watch this with me. She said, okay. She told me two days in a row. She said, I'll watch this with you. I said, I'm not waiting no more. I got to watch this. So I sat down one night and I watched the show. And I'll tell you what, man, 
I am thankful that I got to ingest knowledge like that. It was incredible. I wrote down note after, I mean, I, I took notes, brother. I took notes yeah. because yeah, I did not, yeah, not want to forget. Um, and of course, for all the people who will be watching this video afterwards and everything, I'm talking about the, the uh, Netflix series, Fantastic Fungi. That is an incredible uh, hour and 20 minutes, I believe it was. And uh, you learn things about how it, uh, how it tied into ancient cultures. There was statues built to mushrooms. Mm -hmm. um, or as I should say, uh, mycelium, I believe is the correct. Yeah, I mean, some of those striking things, like the fact that it's neither plant nor animal, but some yeah. nebulous thing between the two. Yeah, exactly. Very much like the internet yeah. underground in that it communicates to the trees. It brings water to trees that are in need it of repairs. Water. It, it repairs. It, it takes things that would otherwise be wasted and it converts mm -hmm. them into all kinds of good stuff. It, it, so one of the things that I liked, and, and you kind of you touched on it briefly right there, is how they the distributed the 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 nutrients, the the, the, the water, the even healing factors to, to certain other plants that were connected to the network. And I kind of I went back to the movie Avatar and how they had the brilliantly pretty scene where the scientists poked it with the thing and you've seen all these electrical mm -hmm. firings. And, and it kind of, to me, was like, well, maybe there's some, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe, maybe we really truly are connected um, to the plants and the environment around us in more ways than the common person thinks about, you know? Um, Jim, Jim Cameron has certainly been thinking about that since. Oh, uh, absolutely. There's some, a friend of mine did, did a bunch of interviews with people about their early LSD experiences and Jim Cameron's stories are right up there with the best yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but and it does touch briefly on the whole, you know, hallucinogenic uh, properties of psilocybin mushrooms. Yeah. And, but how they were there, somehow I've read other books that indicate that they were there in the presence of, of uh, great teachings that, yeah. that, oh, there just happened to be a psilocybin mushroom yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the company of people tripping, <laughs> but in a good way. I mean, you know, the sort of the DNA spiral of our genetic code is sort of hollering at us at the, to the trees and from the ground Absolutely. and it's good to be tuned into it. Absolutely. We're all connected. We're all one. I like, I all like, one. I like how uh, uh, it showed um, um, the evolution of our brains and how at a certain time period, the early hominids um, digested um, psilocybin from the from the herds of the cattle and and the animals that they were tracking, and how it, it over a two million span of the year, you saw the human cortex go from something like this to the elongated, um, you know, proper forward thinking mentality of a of a normal standing upright human. So right. it, it it is from makes, ancient, from uh, ancient human from the evol part being a part and a participant in the evolution of the human brain. Absolutely. It's interesting that they also talked about the microdosing oh, of, yeah. of people in, 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 as an alternative to, you know, depressions, medication, yeah. depression that is horrible, you know, side effects and, and yeah. that doesn't really help cure or heal the brain that these yeah. microdose, I've talked to some people that have been experiencing it that really struggle with depression. And it's a, an extraordinarily, uh, I think, sunny new field that is being it's, opened up 
it's a forward thinking it's a forward thinking field for sure and and i think that you know conservative people or people who are or maybe not as open-minded to to new ways and new ideas are definitely going to struggle with it um but i also believe that as with anything um once you learn it and once you understand it then the applications if used correctly um the applications are undeniably um beneficial I mean, it repairs synapses, it, um, it unlocks neural networks in your brain that may have been locked off, closed off, that may have been damaged. Um, it just, the capacity for good um, mm. absolutely outweighs any of the cons about it. And it, it and almost- if you think, And if you think about the microdosing, you don't get into that hardcore- Exactly. Uh, alternate reality. What it does is it simply balances your brain's chemistry at a yeah. point where it's reminded that it is connected to the universe instead of feeling alienated and isolated from it. Yep, and it just sort of puts people in a state of, of a, a natural state, which I do think is a natural state. Mm -hmm. and, and if you break away from the habit, the momentum of negative thinking mm -hmm. and whatever trauma that has lingered, that's being replayed exactly. and recreated, yep. if, if you have something that helps you disengage from that, and allows you to return to a natural state of, of appreciation for the incredible beauty of the planet and the amazing you. sensation of just being in a human body, yep. experiencing life, yep. then things start to flow a little bit smoother. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you seem well-educated. Where, what, may I ask, what's the educational background? Where, where, uh, you know, where, where did you get some, some education at? My, my family, uh, my parents and my sister were, were voracious readers. I, I was not, I was kind of a slow reader, but I, I absorbed everything like a sponge. Yeah. So I had a big vocabulary because of them. I did go to college, mm -hmm. to a good college. Um, but I got distracted by the second year. I was doing nothing but theater. I was doing plays. <laughs> I went to, uh, was Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts, okay. South Hadley, Massachusetts, right next to Amherst. And it was a five college program. It was sort of a progressive college that was started in the late 60s, I guess, as the brainchild of Smith and Mount Holyoke and University of Massachusetts in Amherst. And they were all in relatively close proximity to one another. And, you, and there was a bus, a shuttle that ran from one to the next all the time. And so I did plays at all those schools and took, you know, sculpture and at Mount Holyoke painting at Smith and, and did these plays on these incredible stages. And, and I loved Hampshire uh, for the two years that I was there. But my father saw me in a play uh, at Mount Holyoke the second year, towards the end of the second year, and uh, they came up to, to visit and saw me in a play, playing Malvolio in Twelfth Night, uh, and my father, I, I credit him to this day, not only giving me my first makeup kit mm. when I was about 12 years old because I was using burnt cork and ketchup and burnt <laughs> And so then I could I could make horrific scars and mm. slashes and really terrify my mother and my friends. Yeah. Um, but uh, he said after the play, just very clearly sort of elucidated all the things that he saw in my performance and in my abilities as an actor. And he said, yeah. "Can't think what else you would need in order to make a go of this. Yeah. So yeah. If you want to stay here and get a degree. If you want to go to London and study." Yeah. The if you want to go to New York, 
study there, I, I back you a hundred percent. Absolutely. That's great. Not a lot of guys, not, not a lot of guys got that from their dads when yeah, I was growing up. Yeah, well, not, not when I was growing up either. So, <laughs> um, and you know, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot of dough. They were, they were artists and, you know, thinkers and, and seekers and they, they didn't put mon making money on the fast track. My mother had me at 43. Oh, wow. So, uh, she said, well, honey, she was from Texas originally. Well, honey, we didn't have two sticks to rub together. We had no business having kids. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Sounds a lot like me and my wife. We were 19 and she was 23. And so it was just, we, we didn't know what we were doing. And now here we are 20 years later. And it's like somehow we made it. Babies were piling up around us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, that's great. Okay. So I, I, I want to know real fast. Um, you, you've got, and for those who don't know, obviously, uh, you know, Xander is, is well-established. Um, I, if I read it correctly, you have over, yeah, over 200 film and television products, products, television projects, including Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Candyman, Barbed Wire, Air Force One, Gattaca, Shanghai Noon, Heat, LA Takedown, um, The Booth at the End, 24, that was a great show, um, Nikita, and, and, and the list goes on and on and accumulating, of course, to my, one of my son's favorites. He goes on and on about this. Oh, dad, you got to, you get to sit with Xander. Uh, it, it, Gregory, I should say, Gregory. Um, what's, what's his name? Christian. Christian, here's to you, brother. <laughs> he's, he's a, he's a fan. In fact, I'm supposed to ask you a question for him, but, uh, you were, you were on there from 2016 to 2018 in the walking dead. And my question, well, let's ask my son's question first, because you know what? My son comes first. Um, he wants to know, um, what was it like working next to Norman Reedus? Well, you, you got to remind him that I'd already worked next to Al Pacino and Robert <laughs> and, and Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks. And yeah. you know, yeah. like, I worked with so many stars by the time I did that show. I, I really... Um, I, I had never seen Norman in anything until yeah. I saw uh, The Walking Dead, and he's super cool, and he's a great guy, and he's he's really great on the show. But uh, I, I had long since been phased by celebrity. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, um, there there was a really cool thing about. I think you know one of the reasons why they'll go, why they offered me this part because they know I play a good asshole. Right. I mean, what am I allowed to say? I, I, that I was willing, willing and able to sacrifice my vanity in yeah. the storytelling process, yeah. allowing myself to be hated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, that I also had to have a sense of entitlement and come in and the, the, the first day I shot was the first day they shot on that set up in Hilltop. Okay built this extraordinary setup on the hill and uh and they had built a, a, an amazing interior of that set on the sound stage okay and when i meet all of them all of the the big stars of the mm -hmm. show all in one go they traipse in covered in filth yeah. Yeah. into my foyer <laughs> and uh, and i had to like bust in and and take over yeah 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 Be the boss the one who's who belonged there whereas yeah. they did not yeah yeah and it's not just 
you know, I, I think that I don't think it's just a, a, someone with a big ego, although that probably doesn't hurt. Um, a sense of confidence, yeah, uh, and and a sense of comfort being comfort. around people yeah. that Absolutely. are famous. Some some people I've watched it. Like I mean, I have seen people lose their shit even after they've been in the business for a long time. When suddenly, this one guy had done two hundred movies in Italy and Spain and everything, but he suddenly being Mr. Spielberg, I, 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 I'm so honored to, to be in, in your presence and films. I thank you for hiring, you know, it's like, oh my God. And <laughs> couldn't get through his, he could not get through his speech on yeah. the train. Yeah. And we had to keep going back and forth. And this is a sweet tale about Stephen. He was under the black dubatine, is that sort of non-reflective material that he was underneath on the old, you know, ancient train car that we were having to move back and forth over the one section yeah. of the landscape that didn't have telephone poles or buildings. Right. And so we had to keep going back to one, which takes time to do another take because he couldn't get it out. Yeah. And, and Spielberg kept telling a story that was designed to be told in like five parts, yeah. knowing you take at least and so that, the, that not only was it okay, but like everybody was excited to get the next installment of the story about the time he and George Lucas uh, went to go work for their hero, David Lean. And by the end of it, they had slipped a note under his door saying, Mr. Lean, we no longer respect you as a man, but now if we stay another day, we will no longer respect you as a filmmaker and we cannot let that happen. We resign. And, and he tells this story about like, don't put heroes up on a freaking stool. Yeah. Just human beings and you'll yeah. be disappointed. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. And, and it, uh, it was such a smart device to try and put this guy at ease. Didn't work. <laughs> it was a worthy attempt though worthy attempt so now i have a quick question and and not to stray away from from what we were talking about but i want to know i want to know what you learned because in in what i read about you especially in i think it was your imdb um biography is that you take roles um that either you're honored to work with the producer or the director or whatever it is um but even more so you take roles that you learn from that you're always trying to learn from um so i want to know what did you learn from the walking dead and your time on there um sorry i'm in this weird little place here in montana and the heater is cold out there in them there hills um and and the heater is really loud. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. Do I need to speak up? Um, sorry? Do I need to speak up? No, no. Hey, what? That which leads me to say, hey. Um, I want to get one of those old bullhorns. Yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah, I can't hear you. That's the kind of character I'm playing, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, like now what I'm learning is how to ride a mule train from the 1870s. Yeah. A of mules. Yeah. High wagon, yeah. specked with buffalo skins, yeah. uh, with one arm because I'm a one-armed guy. Oh, nice. Okay. So I'm learning a lot on this yeah. one. Nice. Um, yeah. But on the Walking Dead, uh, gosh, I uh, I think the, the thing that stands out the strongest for me 
uh, I've worked with a lot of, as I say, a lot of big stars over the years, a lot of number one on the call sheet is what yeah. they call it, mm -hmm. the lead of a TV series. Yeah, yeah. And they aren't always so easy to be around. Right. And they don't always set a great example. And they don't always uh, treat themselves as one of the people. They, they can oftentimes get lost in the, the smoke. Yeah. yeah. It swirls around them of self-importance. Yeah. And, and become, you know, it's, I, I liken it to infantilism when a baby is born. If it poops, you clean it up. If it screams, you pat it on its back. If it knocks some something off of its you know little thing you have to pick it up and give yeah, it to okay. them and you know yeah. when you when, when they walk down the street they don't have to do anything just being a baby carriage and everybody goes <gasps> and so when people become famous that reptile brain kicks in after you know all these years of people forgetting it, that they were the center of the universe yeah and suddenly they're like People are like patting them on the back every time they have a complaint and they're, uh, you know, cleaning up all their messes for them. And they're, they're, you know, if they walk down the street, they don't have to do anything, but people go. And something in the old brain just goes, I always yeah. knew I was special. <laughs> and and that, can, that has a deleterious effect on a lot of people. Absolutely. but not, Andy Lincoln, number one on the call sheet for Walking Dead. I've never met a more, uh, just, it, 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 I'm so impressed by how he carries himself as a person. If he had, he was so committed 100% nice. and never complained. He took everybody under his wing. So we, everybody felt like they were pulling on the same end of the rope. Nice, nice. With the star. Yeah. Um, we were all on the same team. And some guy, some kid, a local would be hired just for a bit part for the day. And he'd go over there, have his arm around him, making him feel at home and comfortable. That's so cool. That's you know, cool. And he'd be out there in the bleached heat, sweating, doing off camera. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't, you know, walk away to his trailer and get his stunt double to and the script supervisor to read his off camera lines. Yeah. A hundred percent committed. And, uh, and just not an egoist and not, uh, and, and, and he and Norman had such a great relationship and the whole crew, you know, was, good. was good. Uh, so, you know, I really saw how well a sense of family can be established by, from the top down. It really does uh, work that way and, and everything gets accomplished more uh, oh, effectively. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and uh, the other thing I learned was that uh, if, if you and your scene partner, which in many cases in all of seven season seven, for me was Stephen Ogg. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you get into the same frequency, if you have good chemistry and you're really listening to each other in the moment and you're really in the moment that every take will be different to the extent that they have to design a camera um, move around your, your, you two guys' scenes and they called it the Zandog because they had to have two cameras running on us at the same time because <laughs> we were so into that moment then they that no two scene no two takes would have cut together yeah unless yeah. they used the same it was so organically tied to what, what we were how we were listening and <laughs> playing off each other and we had so much fun oh, that's doing awesome it.
that's so awesome that's awesome well you know I, and i i can tell just by the way you're talking about it that you you appreciate that and that that's what i think means the most to me is you know it's it's cool for you to sit here and say well you know you've done all these things you've done all that um but like you said if if you have an air about you or if you have this entitlement about you it kind of takes away from what you're doing and so i really really like the fact that you're very appreciative of it you you're very thankful for what you've done and where you've been and who you've met and that that's a rarity i like that i've i i've i've attempted to talk to other um you know celebrities established celebrities and things like that and and i understand what you mean about that um that infantile infantile type of that mindset um you know what they show on social media may not always be the kind of person that they are so it's it's nice to sit here and talk to you and be able to see that you're you're exactly what you show and i love that i that's, that's so cool and, and i have to i have to also so that i'm not misunderstood i don't take take it away from anybody who crossed the river sticks into mm. real fame and celebrity yeah. i never did yeah you know, my mother gave me a very strict warning when i was a kid about fame even though she knew nothing about it yeah she was a wise woman and she said and with regard to fame, honey, all I will tell you is you just be careful what you ask for because you may just get it. Yeah, yeah. And then what? And then whatever. <laughs> exactly. And they put the fear of freaking God in me. And so I always approached it. And then I would, because I was a makeup artist, uh, I, I, I changed the way I looked, mm -hmm. the way I talked, mm -hmm. the way I moved in, as, as much as I could so that I, you know, in a way that that hurts commerciality because big networks and and uh, production companies want to know they're buying a product. Yeah, Campbell Soup, Kellogg cereal. They don't yeah. want to know. They want it to be consistent, and they don't want to have any surprises. There's yeah. no Jack in the Box yeah. um, that that really, for a, a commercial brain that puts up the money, they're like commerce. Yeah. What, what are we going to get? I want to know that that's going to work. Absolutely. And I, I change who I am in everything I do because no yeah. two people are alike. Yeah. And so I've been able to be true to myself as an actor and sort of fly almost completely under the radar. Mm -hmm. People do not recognize me. They don't expect me to be somebody where I am these days. Yeah. In Montana or Maine. You know, I'm working on the movie. They go, well, what do you do? And, and uh, you know, they keep thinking I'm going to be a producer because of my natural sense of authority. <laughs> um, they, they do not expect that I, oh, you're an actor? Wow. And they don't, it doesn't click. They don't. Yeah, absolutely no way whatsoever, huh? That's crazy. So, I mean, you, so, okay. And let's, let's take it back a step. Now you, you have this wonderful family and, and, and I, one of the questions I want to ask you is where you came up with your, your daughter's beautiful names. That's, that's incredible. I absolutely love the names, but before we get to that, um, you have this beautiful family and you prioritize um, staying true to yourself. Now, is that, um, is that something you choose to do personally, or is that something you choose to do because you are in a father role and leaving a, behind an, you know, an example, or is this something you've always done, even since your early theater days, where you was like, you know what, I absolutely do not care 
about the big name titles or the big I want to I want to I want to be me I'm going to do it this way I want to play this role or I want to play that role has it always been like that or is that something that you developed when you became a family member um well certainly uh everything changes completely when you have children mm -hmm. um I used to sit and meditate for 10 to 20 minutes every morning um for 30 years before I had a kid Wow. Uh, <laughs> and that I really recommend for anybody not of any particular religious persuasion yeah. or another, but just to get grounded, just to connect before the, the onslaught of chaos mm. begins in the course of your day and all the associations start dodging through your brain and and all the you know reactions to everything. And and uh it's good to just sort of breathe and sit and ground yourself in the sensation Absolutely. of your body. Absolutely. What, who, what, why, okay. And just sort of let your brain not attach to what it's, and then come back. Yep. And, um, and that, that really helps ground the person. <clears throat> and then of course, I, I was glad for two reasons that I had put 30 years of grounding in before having kids and had been, you know, basically working as a professional actor uh, for almost as long and uh for as long yeah i mean i had my first kid at 50 my second at 53 and i i waited because my mother had me at 43 and i figured dude could wait a little longer yeah right? yeah absolutely but that was yeah. somehow in my brain yeah um, I, knew, I, I knew i had time and and uh i didn't have to rush into anything and i certainly did not yeah um, I was traveling on location a lot. I, I was I, part of my jobs was to learn, and another part was to experience uh, being a part of different cultures mm -hmm. and not there as a tourist, but working with locals in places all over the world. Mm -hmm. Really, to learn about my mom kind of wanted me to be a diplomat or <laughs> ambassador or something really important. She thought the acting thing was a little, um, and. <laughs> so I became a bit of a diplomat on, on location because I could meet with the embassy and meet the people that were the junior diplomats, hang out, get them together with the head of the student union and have beers down at the Woodburn and Pizza Place uh, yeah. on a Friday afternoon. Right. And that would have taken three years of bureaucratic red tape to set up. But because everybody's kind of into the movie that's in the house, yeah. uh, you can, you can kind of connect people. and. I always like the idea of, I can't do it. I could be a conduit for people to meet one another. <laughs> it's not about you then, it's, it's just feeling connected to the universe. Absolutely. But, but uh, the, uh, after having kids and after doing a couple of TV series on location where you've signed off seven years and they own you mm -hmm. and, and if they wanna keep you there over the weekend because maybe on Monday, they might want to do a second unit pickup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. turns out they didn't need you. Yeah. And you just missed a week of your kids. Yeah. Two weeks, maybe done three weeks, four weeks. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I waited too long to have kids to miss the freaking show. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's not that it isn't, as you know, incredibly hard work and it, a, a lot of self sacrifice, but it's also this incredibly beautiful, sweet, you can't bear to miss a minute of it. 
however rough it might be. <laughs> That's the truth, I'm, man. I'm like an old crybaby. I go through old pictures and I'm away and go, oh, my God. You know what that means? That means you have a good relationship with your family, with your daughters, with your wife. That means that means you have a good relationship. What What's the point? I mean, if you don't make that your priority. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell? People ask me all the time. People ask me all the time, man, how come you aren't big? How come you're not Eminem world famous? Or how come you're not touring around the world? Or how? And I tell everybody, so because when push came to shove and I had the opportunity to leave my family and do it all big time, I decided that I didn't want to wake up one day and say, I missed everything. So I'm still getting to live somewhat of the dream that I want and pursue working towards a bigger dream. But at the same time, I'm not missing out on what's most important. And but the, the, the same. Huh? But six is enough, right? Yeah, six is absolutely. absolutely. You guys are so young. When your kids are grown up, yep. you'll still be young. And absolutely. you should have a little world together. And having this incredibly deep, rich experience. And you found the right person young. Yep. It took me a while. Yep. It, it, it took me a little while. <laughs> I kept thinking like, ah, kept leaving and going off. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It wasn't until I met Sarah on 24 that it suddenly I wasn't plagued by doubt. Yeah, man. And I was in. Well, and, now, now tell us, tell us, tell us, tell everybody, because I know people are going to ask me afterwards, well, how did he meet her? How did he meet her? How did he meet her? Go tell us the story. We want to hear it. I absolutely need to know the details. It was the first day of shooting the pilot at 24. Um, I, I had uh, sort of put a little prayer out to the universe, like that was ready. Yeah. Uh, about a month before I was actually, uh, I was working in, in France and I stopped a friend of mine lived in Israel uh, and his father was an ambassador and, and he'd grown up in Africa and Paris. And, I met him in LA when he'd gone to UCLA. He stayed there. Um, and uh, I went to the Wailing Wall. It's filled with all, I don't know if you know, the Wailing Wall is in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And it's right on the other side is the holiest Muslim site, Christian and, and Judaic. Uh, it's the King David's the holy little city on the hill mm -hmm. surrounded by a wall. And the, the Wailing Wall is where in, in the cracks and they apparently they, they brush them out and sweep them away on, on a regular basis but you can fit your little prayer you write it on a little piece of paper you roll it up and you put it in the crack and mine was i'm ready to meet my match i want to meet someone at eye level i'm ready i want to have children i i i want a, a wife and uh and to stay with for the rest of my life you know and and i was 40 Five at the time it was, it was time baby uh, <laughs> he's like it's time i'm diving under the wire that's great and a month later we we make eye contact as we meet some of that level she's a lot shorter than me but our mm -hmm. eyes connected in the mirror yeah i'm wearing this kind of funny purple cape with a bunch of insignias and and uh, I knew the makeup artist. I'd done a couple of jobs with them before, and she was already in the trailer down at the far end. And uh, I saw she was real pretty. <laughs> so I wasn't looking at her. You know, I was, I was avoiding the eye. 
<laughs> and but I'm being my funny self with the makeup artist and we're friends and yeah. and I looked in the mirror with the cape they put on me go I feel like a wizard and I was scruffy at the time they had to clean me up for that and I, go, I feel like a wizard and she goes oh my god that's what I was just thinking I just I was just thinking you look like a wizard and and then she was so embarrassed that she blurted it was it was a it was a done deal that's no. great <laughs> that's great that's she was great in New York she'd been offered the gig like the day before yeah um, she'd auditioned for it I think she'd even flown out and met and they were still making their minds up and then they wanted her to go in for one more reading and she was like you know what I've shown them I've given it to them I'm going to a yoga class <laughs> and there's an interesting lesson in this. She hadn't done a series. She'd done very she She got to acting a little bit later and she was uh, doing commercials in New York, but loved New York and like, whatever, TV series in LA. Yeah. Um, and they ended up casting her and flying her out. Maybe for what they decided to fly her out when they gave her the job. And uh, I had been asked to come in and read. It was a, a it was like, it wasn't even a recurring role. It was just a guest role. And I, I've been kicking around for a while at that point. And I said, yeah, I don't think so. Is this Ron Howard's company? I've worked for Ron. Ask Ron if it's okay. I think he'll give you permission. Yeah. And uh, and they did, and he did. And and I was offered the part, and I didn't even know what part I was playing, really. I, I, just, I hadn't really tuned in. And, and so I'm sort of flying in by the seat of my pants, but the two of us ended up meeting. And then uh, chatting with the whole sort of, Thing. I was the head of CTU, so I got to become a, a boss. And I, I, I was just figuring out like what we were together working, what the protocol would be, like how everybody would report. And and, uh, and I was very big on trying to give us a lot of business things that we would ground us in the reality of whatever our little space was. And so we were having a good time creating the establishing of, you know, what props and what you know phones where offices were in relationship to and then we're back uh after lunch getting touch-ups in the makeup trailer again and power went out and suddenly we're in the dark and everybody leaves but us and we just kept talking so it was just about our voices and listening to each other and then it was really a done deal yeah, I bet. Um, yeah, she asked me after that, hey, she was saying, you know, I took this walk last time I was in LA, my brother was out here and I took this walk and she describes a, a, a funny little garden park that somebody had made in front of their property. With this little crazy lady around the corner. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, That's all what about I was thinking. Gardens. Um, That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, she describes it and I go, um, yeah, I know where that is. It's like I could throw a rock from my patio onto that garden. Right. That close. I mean, I, I know. I, and I, I said, I can either uh, tell you how to get there or, or, I, can, or I can show you. Show well, you, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't have time to be coy. We, we, she was going to go back to New York. So she what like, it is, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, I'd like you to show me. Yeah. And so I showed her. <laughs> <laughs> the way you dropped your voice that's epic that's epic i i got a bounty right there you 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 dropped the mic with that one. <laughs> oh, that's a great story though man. great story 
I love it. I love it. Okay, so now, now answer the question. Since no, she's now the age that I was when I had the kids. Uh, yeah. Had the kids, and she's she's fifty, and she's become a wise woman. She's yeah, just so great. amazing. I I consult her like about this character that I'm doing. I did nice. a, ended up doing an interview on Fox News of all things last yeah. night on live TV about uh, fire which i'd like to touch on in this interview as absolutely well. I, I hope so that was one of the things i wanted to talk to you yes absolutely but yeah so just consulting like should i do this is this like this isn't really a you know i don't want it to be misperceived i don't want to look like i'm trying to get through because you know, I, I know all these people that were on that set and i had yeah. heart is broken for this woman and her family and yeah. everybody involved and and but i really do want to be an advocate for to, to uh, move away from live gunfire on on TV and film sets. Absolutely, I have uh, outrageously severe tinnitus and and ear ringing twenty four seven from all the gunshots I've been around without proper ear protection. The only ear protection is like what you got on right now over yeah, here. Yeah, the little patterns. and these little things that they foam things that help people sleep at night do not protect you from yeah. the percussive shock and inner ear injury that you're going to get over time if you keep doing it yep. like i have and uh so i want to protect young actors and and crew members and obviously the it's been 30 years since we've had a tragedy like what happened on thursday uh so they really they've worked hard you know tirelessly to establish protocols of safety but there's still the possibility of human error and um when you have compressed budgets for big ambitious production and they go with a non-union crew that are younger and experienced people are in over their head they're scrambling there's a sense of rush and panic for shit can happen and it's not just gunfire no nope. it can happen it happens all the time with stunts it happens all the time all of it it's a crazy thing what we do for a living it's not it's not office work no. But uh, and you got to be a bit of a an adrenaline junkie and a, a daredevil to do to do this stuff. And it's not to take away from that, but any any risk that can be calculated and avoided must be should be absolutely. So I'm just going to segue into this for a second. We'll go, no, back. go right ahead. Go. And in fact, real quick, before you segue, I was actually using you and the statements that you made on Twitter um, in, in an interview that I was having, yes, last night, as, as uh, the same thing that you're getting ready to do now, advocating for, for change. There has to be some kind of change. So without further ado, please, please go right ahead. Okay, thanks, man. Yeah, um, technology, everybody goes, this hasn't happened since, I thought this ended with Brandon Lee. Well, it did for 30 years, um, but that doesn't mean that uh, people haven't gotten hurt. And it doesn't mean that people can't get hurt again right. um, because it's risky. And one of the injuries that people, we have five senses and hearing is one of them. It's a really critical one. If you like talking to people, if you like listening to music, if you like dead silence. Yeah. Everybody talks about, oh, isn't it great how quiet? And I'm like, but isn't that ringing driving you crazy? Oh, you don't hear that. <laughs> Because it's just me. Yeah, I, I get that over here. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, way in my left ear, just from mixing and mastering my songs and everything, and always having the headphone on. And yeah, I think you know. So you talking to young people about music, warn them. Yeah, and I'm trying to 
prepared so young actors that are going to be lifetime vets like I am mm-hmm. don't end up like I have with just I, I have trouble sleeping because of it's yes. so loud and no. it's maddening. Yeah, and it causes uh, there's a frequency that you just can't hear if there's a certain amount of ambient noise. It's like yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's not ready. I've already got the long white beard. I don't want the hearing aid. <laughs> and daddy, I mean, daddy. <laughs> I have no comment. <laughs> BFX, visual effects. Absolutely. The, uh, the, the letters are BFX and CGI, computer generated images. Yeah. I've come a long way in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. We did Terminator 2 30 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those were pretty impressive visual effects. And it was not all CGI, but it was a lot. Yeah. And it was incredible. And they have made it a lot easier, a lot faster, a lot cheaper. So there's really no excuse to not put the flash and bang. Just put hashtag, just add the flash and bang later. No, just add the flash and bang and post. that'll never become a trending hashtag but it's funny just add the flash and bang and post um and both the flash from the gun and the uh, you could even do bullets most of it is done in production to add the big thundering (laughs) but when it's right next to your head it's big and thundering even if it's a quarter load blank or a half load Mm. it's it percussive too close to the head without ear protection, it causes inner ear damage and, and it shouldn't happen anymore. It's, it's absurd, it's arcane. Yeah. We've moved beyond it, it's time to step up and get the unions involved and get laws involved that make it safer for people in general. Absolutely. And all the time that's spent, that we do spend, and people should know that we, on every set, they, the, the, the armor comes out and says, these are the guns we're gonna be using on the show. Uh, and everybody is trained that's going to work with a particular gun to know how it works, how it fires, what the kickback would be anyway. But a lot of time is taken to show everybody to look, see this, this is, there's, there's nothing in this, nothing up this sleeve. Mm-hmm. And, and this gun's empty. We're not going to be firing in this scene. And, and okay, this scene, okay, we have a blank. It's the, the, the guns are loaded. So everybody be aware. And, and your hands are off the trigger and you don't point it and all the, all the regulations, but the amount of time that's spent loading, reloading, guns jamming, all of that will be taken away, Absolutely. added to production, removed from production cost. Okay. It's a lot the time that's wasted on that crap. Absolutely. And all of that will be added to time for film production, saving them money. So there's no real big expense. They, can, they have libraries catalogs of specific gun makes and what year and the kind of flash that comes from it that is a hundred times more realistic than the quarter load that the gun puts off but the noise they do all afterwards no reason yet some actors that aren't real actors that are just guys that are sort of you know handsome and and (laughs) jocks that are never going to work more than a few times in their life because they're not real actors with training um, they're like, I like to have something to react to. And I said, I'll give you something to fucking react to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're hearing. No, we're not going to have. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you know 
I, I, have, I have a question for you, Matt. I, I heard, um, actually, I read or heard somewhere years ago that um, Bruce Willis on the, um, the set of Die Hard, he had um, some kind of explosion go off by his ear, which actually caused him lifelong damage. Now, in yes. these situations, does the, does the studio, does the, the production company, who, who makes amends for these kind of things? Nobody. 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 Not really? for certain people on my scale. Maybe, you know, but Bruce was, has already had amends made through. Yeah, 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 yeah. Untold gazillions of dollars. And, yeah. and not to take away from him or his injury, Linda Hamilton had it happen in the Terminator 2. She, and she struggles with, has, has discussed the things that she struggles with anyway and how much that's exacerbated it because she's yeah. got what I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out a couple of people um, on on uh, FBI's most wanted. I could not believe what they were subjecting me to. I had a scene where I had to wear gloves, had to pull a knife out of my ass. Um, basically, I had to pull a, a switchblade in the middle of the scene. Yeah. And the they there was no pocket that they gave me in. The, in the in the coat that I was wearing or the jacket that I could reach and pull a knife out of yeah in this amount of time that they wanted me to be able to do it in this one shot yeah. so I had the switchblade slid up my black glove sleeve so I could pull it while I'm holding the gun I could and open the, the knife to cut the carpet to reveal the safe that had the money and I had to shoot the gun in the seat all in in the same time I had to reach into the safe I had to pull the money out I had to I had to have uh, tie wrist, uh, you know, plastic gag onto the wrists of, of the woman and take her out while holding a gun. That's loaded. No. No, 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 no. And then I had to shoot the guy in the scene and have that go off right next to my head in a close space. No. No. Why? And, what, why, and so I have to wear earplugs so I can't hear anybody talking yeah. while I'm doing that? Yeah, yeah. No. That's so nice. then when they tell me, okay, we're not going to have gunfire in this scene, and I take my earplugs out in another scene on the same damn show, underpass, outside of a hotel, and one of the actors had to say, okay, no, no gunfire in this. Oh, so I could hear the other people speak without my voice inside my head. Yeah. And great, so I can act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm being paid to do. Yeah, yeah. Not to take ridiculous risks. Yeah. You're not a stuntman. A thousand props and a live weapon. Yeah. No. Okay. So they take take my earplugs out, and uh, you know it's a bunch of gunfire, cars, and an overpass with the, and one of the actors, the younger cast members, just told somebody to load the gun. So they bang, bang, bang! All this gunfire in the underpass, echoing, and that that those two because the, the gun went off in one scene and then in the other without, and it's never come down again. Yeah, it's just yeah. never, come down. It, it crossed me over the freaking river yeah. into constant loud ringing. That's it, crazy. I, I couldn't That's sleep crazy. for two days. And, you know, and they, the more I, 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 I protested, they, you know, they send a doctor over and there's nothing they can do. No, you can't, you can't get rid of it. Yeah, it's a lifelong thing. It's just, it's, it's part of you get, now. Yeah. You know, something that sleep medication for, but that was it. Yeah, that's.
that's what I got out of that. So I want to be, I was, I was determined to become an advocate to save young Absolutely. actors from a similar fate. Absolutely. And now this happening, I don't want to capitalize because I cannot comprehend the loss of the Hutchins family, what they're going through right now, that husband and child. Yeah. Just agonizing to think about. And Absolutely. everybody loved her. Absolutely. She, Elena Hutchins just taken away and, and I know Alec not well I know his brother is better but I know he's just never going to be the same he'll, oh he'll no never, way no way never get over it I, I I heard a report that that as soon as it happened he completely lost it he, he broke down he started he, he cried uncontrollably I mean it, it and that shows at least um you know at least that shows on his part um remorse i mean you, you know it's it's one thing to to this happen and and you know the other person be like well hey man that's their fault that's their fault that's their fault and then this the other and the other but then it's another thing for for that to happen and that person say you know i want to i want to help please i i'm so sorry I, you know it just it takes on a different level of mentality and 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 i think it shows um I think it shows a certain level of compassion inside of him, you know, and, and that's to uh, be commended. I don't know if you ever watch any of his posts or if you, you know, a, a really good friend of mine is his partner with the Hamptons Film Festival, but the guy is just, he's got a huge heart. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's, he's my age with kids, younger than mine he's got even more uh than i do wow. to, to three yeah more maybe closer to your i forget how many but uh they're always they're, he's huge family man uh he's got a huge heart and i it's, i know it's broken permanently yeah, i know absolutely. And, and uh and and you know things we all get swept up we all get you know we all want to help get the shot we all want to and there is a protocol that usually the armor is there saying, okay, so we're going to have gunfire. That usually there is not a loaded weapon yeah. with any kind of blank for a rehearsal ever, ever, ever. They get it and then they let everybody know when it's loaded. But in the rush, rush, apparently an AD just took the gun off the cart because the armor was in the young person over their head doing a million other things for props. And yeah. it's, it's too big of a scale production yeah. to do with that budget. Absolutely. And Absolutely. As soon as you get non-union people, you got young and inexperienced kids running in around over their head and, and then accidents happen. And whether it's a gun or something else, accidents will happen on a dangerous set. That's very true. That's um, very true. I, I just was on set uh, a few days ago and uh, suddenly I heard a buffalo were barreling I toward seen that. And I'm up on a mule cart <laughs> and uh, suddenly the stunt guys are, Xander, get down. Come on, get, 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 get And I got like, I'm going to head for the hills. <laughs> oh, get the ATV. Get the ATV. Like, <laughs> I'm in this ATV and we're looking. Here they're coming at us. <laughs> Somebody had sent them the wrong signal. And and then they diverted them. Yeah. You know, Blackfeet, and it's their their buffalo herd, and they were here on their their yeah. land. But these guys haven't done that many moves. They aren't herding around. And suddenly I thought, we're playing the buffalo, those white buffalo killers, and those buffalo are gonna come and get revenge. <laughs> Oh, that's part two that's part two that's that's the sequel yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> cool. Um, so, but you know, I'm just saying it's dangerous. And when people that don't have uh, uh, veterans that have lifetime experience at the at the helm, like a, I'm sorry, a gun armor should be somebody that's experienced. Old, absolutely, lot of freaking experience. Absolutely, there are period weapons and and that kind of stuff happening. And and these are the corners that end up getting cut to you know. And I, I don't, I don't like the idea of making producers the bad guys because, quite honestly, I just I adore the producers we have now, and yeah, yeah. we're doing everything we can, and they're not going to have any more live gunfire on this shoot, even though it's a western. Um, they're going to do it all in post, which is what everybody should do from now, freaking on. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, to minimize the the uh, the risk on whatever level you can, it's got to be. But I just want to end by saying. I'm, Nobody should be looking for who to blame or, or who to judge or who to take to task because human error is human error and it's a fluke, a horrible tragedy, accident. Yeah. But let's see what we can do moving forward to, to minimize learn, to change. And this is a constant. It yeah. just it's not even yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. even know about it or think about it. I'll end up, you know, hanging with my friends that are older actors with shot a lot of people and been shot a lot of times we we used to get squibs you know what a squib is no i have no idea what a squib is not even a term that people hear anymore because they don't do it anymore it's all done in visual effects in post okay they used to fill condoms with blood and gunpowder okay and have a little light pad that wouldn't make it stick out too much if you're wearing a thin sweater Okay, so you okay. don't see the squibs if you're going to get shot in the scene. And, then, and these these pads with the condoms filled with blood and gunpowder, such a twisted image, are <laughs> wired, and they all. And if you're going to get shot, like <laughs> first of all, it's wild. You can make it happen so much. They're like firecrackers going off right next to your head. And when you're a kid on the playground, and you're playing cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians or whatever, you always go, yeah, yeah. You show you've been shot. Will you burn your fucking face and hands off if you do that with the squib? So <laughs> then you get all your natural reflexes of playing getting shot to be like, boom, rewired and you have to go. Yeah, yeah. Splash goes out mm -hmm. and doesn't, the gunpowder does not burn your face or hands. Yeah, right, 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 right. That's a lot to think about when you're <laughs> Your plugs, trying to little dangerous, yeah. And then when the the director's like, I think we need more blood. I think it needs to be a bigger hit. Run it again, run it again. Time, and they've got a few different suits, and that you know that you're gonna and and so they'll just we've only got this last suit left, so let's really fucking load it up. And it's always yeah. some guy that's like, you're not gonna feel nothing. It's just a little, yeah, okay. It's just a little. <laughs> or a freaking gun bomb making psycho. It's a little, I'll tell you what it was to me after one time I took, I just, I lay there until cut. What? And I ripped my shirt off and there was a huge burn. Oh, I bet. Dinner plate on my stomach from this yeah. dream sequence of my of getting. <laughs> That is crazy. That's crazy. You have to fly backwards and fall backwards and try not to hit your head on the rock. Yeah. But you have to, 
lay there with a scorching burn on your stomach while they, they pan into you. And, and then that burn three weeks later was still turning black and blue and brown and green going down my legs. What do you think it did to my inner organs? Oh, I bet, right? I bet. Oh my gosh. He a little screwed up. I get a little sometimes. <laughs> he walks with a limp now. He walks with a limp. <laughs> a little limp. <laughs> oh, well, man, I, I, I know you're busy. And of course, I, I, I think I hear a couple of my kids sitting outside. So I think we're going to have to get to wrapping this up. But with the few minutes left, man, I, I want to, besides, you know, besides uh, obviously social medias and things like that, and, and, and you know, the, the art, the sculpting and things like this, what do you, what is, what is like the moral that you want to leave behind for people? Like what, if you had that one thing you could say, what would it be? Do no harm, uh, do good work, work hard, learn to love work and, and love life and love the people around you and, and show kindness and do no harm. You know, do your thing, be yourself, but don't, don't, uh, don't hurt other people. Nice, nice, I love that. Uh, that, that. You know, in today's world where everything is so aggressive and so murder, death, kill all the time that it's nice to, it's a refreshing blast to, to hear somebody say, just be kind, you know what I mean? That's, that is a, a sentiment that is very well undervalued in life, so. You can still be snarky and sarcastic and shit, funny. Still be, you know, <laughs> be who still you are. <laughs> That's great. Brother, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for sharing my journey of life with me, man. This has been a blast, man. Fun interacting on the internet. Absolutely. Well, yeah, of course, man. You're a great guy. It's easy to interact with good people. You know what I mean? It's it's only those who have arrogant attitudes or feel like they're better than somebody or or not worth my, like, oh, you're not worth my time to talk to. Those are the people that, that, that just are, they're given a bad rap in life. You know what I mean? The one thought I didn't complete that maybe yeah. I should but those who do cross over and become really famous, they, they, they become like public property for people. And you go out with people that are that famous. And I just have never envied it because they, they become so isolated mm -hmm. because if they open themselves up a little bit, the, the tide just sweeps them away. And once they've, they've signed one, done one selfie, done one autograph, there's a line and then and then they're being nice to this person but not nice to that person and and they're they, you know there are a lot of good people out there a lot of good people trying to do a lot of good work in life and they may seem like they're being snotty and cut off and arrogant all the rest of it but if they open themselves up to you then they got to open themselves up to them and them and them and them yeah. and i i reached an age where you know once you get white long white beard you become kind of uh secluded yeah it just isolates you from the rest of it. yeah so, yeah, man. Well, he's just some old fucker. And they suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a I'm appreciative of this old fucker. How about that? I'm appreciative of him. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just an actor. Who, nah, who, man, you're a good guy, man. You're a good guy. It's 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 like I said, you're a good guy. It's refreshing. I appreciate it. It's nice. And instead of an interview, it was more like a conversation, and that yeah. was the world to me. You know what I mean? So, we are one. We are yeah, all absolutely, one. brother. Absolutely, we share the same mycelium DNA. <laughs> There's nothing mycelium about that. <laughs>
I know absolutely not. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, brother. Thank you so much, man. I gotta, I gotta let them in. I hear them all piled up outside waiting for them. Oh, man. thank you for giving me your time. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, brother. And of course, man, when I get all the video and the links wrapped up, man, I'll shoot them all to you and and you enjoy. And and I'm always right there if you need anything else, brother. Cool. Well, we'll be talking. We're friends now. Oh, absolutely. I'm right there, brother. I'm right there with you, man. Thanks. Take Have care. a good one, brother. Bye-bye. Thank you.